0: welcome to hand therapy heroes the premier podcast on hand and upper extremity rehabilitation as a worldwide educator and developer of best in class hand therapy content susan weiss occupational therapist and certified hand therapist brings you an array of hand therapy specialists hand care solutions and more
1: Welcome to Hand Therapy Heroes. I am super excited. I have Robin Midgley, a European certified and British accredited hand and upper extremity therapist today. She is currently practicing in South Africa in her private establishment that she created in 2003. She also has a brilliant online platform called Hand Consult SA that she developed in 2017 with Dr. Patel, a plastic surgeon, as well as reconstructive surgeon. And this team is committed to delivering the highest standards of patient care, and they provide an integrated approach to assessment, treatment, surgery, and rehabilitation of the hand and upper extremity. This team is amazing, and I've loved what I've seen them do. And I am so excited to share with you Robin's journey. And I am thrilled to let her tell us how she discovered hand and upper extremity rehabilitation. Welcome, Robin. Hi, Susan, thank you so much for having me on your platform. I am so excited to hear about your journey into hand and upper extremity rehabilitation. Can you go ahead and share with us how you got into this field?
0: Yeah, sure. So I was fortunate enough to have the most phenomenal lecturer when I was in university. And it was in third year that we learned hand therapy and splinting. And Kathy Wondrum just had such a passion for hands and amazing knowledge and insight. And she taught us how to do a very good hand assessment. She taught us how to fabricate splints and then apply treatment. And I remember thinking, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to become a hand therapist. Um, so as soon as I qualified, I went to work at a hospital, which is the third biggest hospital in the world. It's called Baraguanac Hospital. It's in Soweto, which is outside of Johannesburg. And I was very fortunate because uh, Kathy went from being my lecturer to being my boss Um, as she took on the post of head OT at Baragwana and uh, we did rotations Um, but it took me a year and a half to get into hands and I finally got into the trauma unit where there was a lot of trauma as you can imagine um, being South African and also being on the outskirts um, of Johannesburg in a township and soon after that I Left after two years of working at that hospital, I went to live in London. So yes, so my passion stemmed from my very first mentor.
1: Uh, Yeah, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about the injury types that you do see in South Africa because they're probably quite different than what we see here in the United States. Um, Before we jump into that, I'm curious, you just got back from an international meeting in Berlin. Can you share with us a little bit about the meeting and what you learned and did at this wonderful conference? Yes, so um, I love the
0: international uh, conferences, particularly the IFSHT because it's combined with the um, surgery conference, so that one takes place every three years. I have presented before in Sydney, in Orlando, and then in New Delhi, but I missed Buenos Aires, so it's actually been six years since I was last at an international conference Um, This one was particularly big as there were 4,001 people attending the conference, Wow, which was huge. Um, It was an absolutely phenomenal experience, I think for a few reasons. The first is because um, of the sheer magnitude of the conference, but also because of the caliber of speakers, both on the surgery and um, in the therapy talks. And then the combined sessions where we had well-known surgeons um, like Elizabeth Haggart and Donald Lelande spending time with us in the therapy sessions. Um, those, I think they didn't even realize how, how oversubscribed those sessions would be. People were just filling up three rooms on the sides, like just desperate to, to be in those sessions. And, and three stood out for me. The first was um, the tendons, the tips and tricks on how to manage tendon injuries with um, a whole team of experts, but predominantly led by Donald Nalande and Amanda Higgins, who's his hand therapist, and his wide awake surgery. Um, Dr. Patel's only recently been applying the wide awake technique um, in his practice um, since Donald was here in January or February um, presenting at our local conference. So we've seen amazing results and it was just wonderful to listen firsthand to his therapist and look at her protocols and kind of compare hers to mine. Um, the research with tendons is very, very slow. Um, we've had some conversations on the site after the lectures and we all agree that we should be Especially with wide awake surgery, we should be able to be extending the MCP joints into neutral at least, so that we can direct the force to the FDP and the FDS to get better results in zone two. Um, and we are just unable to do that because we don't have the literature to support that practice. And as a result, you know, we could. Um, And it could be detrimental to our profession or to our patients. But we all agree that that is really where the research needs to go to. Um, So that was fascinating. And then with regards to the risk, the risk is actually another passion of mine, Elizabeth Haggart absolutely blows my mind every time I listen to her speak. And I think I've based a lot of my practice on her article that she wrote wrote on the proprioceptive wrist joint in 2010. Um, And after spending the whole morning in that session, I left thinking I need to change my entire practice around the wrist and the management of the wrist and proprioceptive injuries, and this is where the research is actually very accelerated, and and even the therapists that we're presenting were saying that you can read the literature and read um, the work that these you know grand surgeons like Mark Garcia Elias are doing, and apply a rehab program. And you've no sooner implemented it and applied it to your practice, and it's actually the research has not changed, and we need to be doing something different. Um, But one of the take-home messages there was um, the idea of conscious neuromuscular rehabilitation. And like I am engaging the brain with the uh, treatment of the stiff hand, we need to be engaging the brain a lot more when we're working with these risk patients. So we need to use a lot more video that we have pre-recorded and we need to show the patients the videos of the movements we want them to um, perform and, and imitate. They need to first observe those movements, then we move on to actually doing the proprioceptive exercises and then we're moving towards strengthening. Um, so, the, and then also just in the pro, within the proprioceptive exercises that we're doing. So, for example, I get the patients to to supinate their forearm, put a frisbee with a tennis ball on the palm of their hand, and get them to do the the circular cl- clockwise and anti clockwise um, actions with the frisbee, bringing it out of their Um, vision into their peripheral vision. And actually, no, we're not meant to do that anymore. We're now meant to rather um, get the patient to hold a handle um, with the first B on top and then rotating the ball. So it's just little things that we need to tweak and change, which I think can make um, a very big difference. And they also spoke a lot about um, using electrical stimulation to contract muscles and I um, think also getting the patients to just imagine doing the exercises a lot more than they,
1: they are when they're actually doing them. We recently featured a podcast with Susan Stralke about pain and discussed pain and what's the brain got to do with it and the evidence behind that. And another recent podcast with a patient discussed about how what we say as clinicians imprints on the patients and becomes a critical component to their functional outcome. So it's pretty interesting to hear that that's discussed at our international hand therapy meeting on the surgeon and therapy level.
0: Yes. and, And leading on from that, there was a whole session on technology and hand therapy, And um, uh, Nicola Goldsmith, who has now been um, inducted as the new president, which is wonderful, um, she did a whole presentation on the power and the importance of how we communicate with our patients. We need to move away from giving them any paper handouts and we need to use video because that is how they remember um, what they need to do and how your accuracy of the exercises that they're going to perform um, just becomes um, that much much better if you use the video. Um, And so this is where we're going and there's a big move towards digitising our patient information, which is another um, very exciting chapter, I think, in our careers. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, um, It is great and it's so important to also not overwhelm our patients because I think at the particularly with the tendon at the very first appointment you are giving them so much information and they're not retaining that information and it's how we need to give them bite-sized chunks and I'll,
1: I'll talk about that as well when we move on to the adult learning it's no different with, with therapists. Speaking of patients, I'm curious to know what kinds of injuries or accidents do you see in South Africa in your practice that are quite unique, I'm sure, to your area?
0: Yes, so um, I work in private practice, so it is a little bit different to working in the government sectors. We generally see a lot of trauma. We will see stab wounds, gunshots. Um, We will see a lot of burn patients um, crush injuries, degloving injuries, um, and then also your usual osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, fractures. Um, I, in my practice, find that I play investigator a lot because there's um, a whole big component of work-related upper limb disorders for keyboard and mouse users. So people who come to me with with chronic or acute wrist pain and one needs to look at that patient. They won't specifically say to you, "Oh, it's because I'm, you know, working excessively on my on my keyboard," or overusing my mouse. And um, they might just mention that they're playing a lot of golf, or they're a new mom, or or something. So I find you play investigator a lot um, in terms of working out what's wrong with those patients, and then um, I'm able to refer on for specialist investigations to confirm diagnoses and of course work closely with my surgeons. But yes, yeah, so we see an array of injuries um, and a lot of nerve compressions as
1: well. Um, How do these patients find you? Do they find you way far into their injury? Are they able to get early access to you? What, what's the normal routine with injuries? So in South Africa, everybody should be on a medical aid,
0: but a lot of people aren't. Um, so it's very expensive um, to have the private health care. But that doesn't stop people from getting the treatment that they need. So I will have, receive patients who are either on a medical aid or not, and you know they, they're very happy to pay for their therapy because they need to um, regain the function in their hand. They either refer directly to me from the surgeons that I work with Or from the emergency room, that's a new relationship that I have developed um, whereby I go and lecture to those emergency room doctors frequently and try and explain to them that they are there to treat all trauma that comes through the emergency rooms. They can't possibly know all the ins and outs of hand injuries. So I'm there to be their backup. They are able to send me a WhatsApp of an x-ray or a patient. And and we've created a little group and we we liaise um, with each other. So that has helped a lot because otherwise patients are relying heavily on Google. Um, They will find me online, um, but then they often find me three months into the injury, which then is a chronic condition, um, which is often more expensive and more difficult to treat.
1: That's interesting. So you don't have to have a referral from anyone. The patients can come direct access to you as a practitioner.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's one of the joys of being in South Africa is that
1: we can work autonomously like that. That's wonderful. So I do love your online form that you've created. i have in and out of it on a regular basis, reading some of the interactions. How did that even come about? And do you have any idea how many people are in it and where they're from? Cause it looks like it's an array of international users on your online Facebook page. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad that you've enjoyed it.
0: And um, so Two years ago, I became a little frustrated with the fact that patients didn't know that hand surgeons and therapists existed, um, and that it was a super specialization, and that they shouldn't just go to a GP for a hand injury or a general physio, and I thought, well, everybody is online. Why don't we develop um, a page on the various platforms, so Facebook um, and Instagram particularly, And we also created a website. So I approached Dr. Chetan Patel, who as you mentioned is a plastic surgeon and he's also a microsurgeon. And I asked him if he would like to join my platform. And he was brave enough to agree because I said, you have to come and do a photo shoot. and You know, we have to have all these beautiful images. And I had this idea of how I wanted the platform to to come across. Um, Because I wanted to start the hashtag hand journal on a Monday where we put a case out and that would be the theme for the week. Um, We'd do the live streaming from theater where I would actually film him operate, which has gone completely viral. People absolutely love that. They love to, to join in live or watch it later. And you know, you've got to have a surgeon who's brave enough to and happy enough to be filmed live. Um, and we obviously get consent from the patients. Um, And I wanted to educate the public about our profession and our amazing ability to heal hands and, and inspire hope in patients. And so we started that. And then about eight or 10 months in, we started the private hand surgery and therapy group. And that is particularly for surgeons and therapists. So I ask people to answer questions when they um, request access to the group, and it's there where I'm able to see that we have got very, very skilled surgeons and therapists from around the world. And there are a lot of patients who would love to join, but of course we keep it a close community so that we can really share and help each other. Um, there are about 1,200 um, surgeons and therapists in that group, and it's growing on a daily basis. That's wonderful. It is wonderful, especially when you see the caliber um, of surgeons and therapists. And, and I love the interaction and I you know, encourage therapists to, to put their difficult cases out there so we can all help each other, um, which was actually one of the themes of the Berlin Conference. It's, it's about um,
1: you know, connecting bridges and um, helping each other hand in hand. You know, when I first started, there was nothing like this or any way to get support other than locally so it's a brilliant way to communicate and learn more and get help on your specific cases especially there's a lot of rural therapists I'm sure where you are many rural therapists in the US and all over the world that don't have the resources to get the assistance that they need and they are desperate for so you've created a wonderful space for people to to learn in and facilitate healthy hands throughout the world. So thank you so much for creating that. And that leads me right into your story, which you have on your Facebook page. And I've listened to it, I think two or three times, cause it was so awesome. And you have a brilliant story uh, to change the world because you want to heal stiff hands all over the world. And it's a passion of yours to heal stiff hands. And I would love for you to spend a few minutes and share with us about your passion and how that started and your journey. I know you've been through a lot with you, not only yourself, but your whole family to help save world, hands uh, across the world with stiffness. Can you go ahead and share us with us how that went down? Absolutely, so um, when I first qualified
0: um, uh, in 1998, I was working at Baragwanath, as I mentioned, and Judy Kolditz came over to South Africa. And that's when I first met her. She came to the hospital to teach us about the, the managing the trauma hand. And then in 2003, I was working in London, and a lot of the patients would have an 18-week waiting list to see the surgeon. So the Dupatron cases would be very severe. The fingers would be in the palm. By the time those patients were having their release, they had chronic stiffness and I remember as a young new therapist putting so much energy into trying to mobilize these very stiff hands with brawny edema and joint contractures and putting so much energy into the session only for it to be transient and they would walk out the door and 30 minutes later they would be stiff again. And I really took this to heart, and I and I felt really desperate. And I just thought I had to find some way of treating these patients. And two or three months later, Judy was hosting her course um, in Dublin, and no, sorry, Derby. Anyway, so I went along, did the course. It was intense. It was four days of sitting and listening to her deliver very technical information. Um, a lot of theory, linking a lot of theory to all the research that she had done. and But I grasped the concept. We had to apply a cast to our hand, spend 24 hours in a cast. But I came back and I was determined to apply this technique to my patients. And I'll never forget the very first patient that I applied the cast to. He was the Lord of Westminster. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> You've done that, right. Not only did I apply to the Lord of Westminster, I applied it to his hand on a Friday, so I was really nervous all weekend. But he came back on the Monday, and he was blown away. He said, "I can move my fingers." What was it? What was his diagnosis? He had different times and he had really chronic east of hand. Um And so. I started recording all of my my results with patients. But at that time, I was still first applying my traditional therapy techniques as we were taught. And then when I got desperate, I applied the SIMS technique. And so I took four cases and I then thought, okay, let me compare um, my traditional results with my SIMS results. And the patients were just progressing so much more with SIMS. And I was sharing these results with Judy Calditz. And so she then invited me to go and present at the European um, Federation Society of Hand Therapy Congress in Edinburgh, and we did a panel, a two-hour panel on the stiff hand together, and there were therapists from all over the world that were presenting on the stiff hand, and I would just say, from then on, you know, the passion was there, and I, I, you know, we did some work together presenting in Sydney as well, and so we over the years, we've grown this, and um, and I went over last well last year. And this is where my family come into it. Um, exactly this time last year, I had a bee in my bonnet. I decided that I had to get back to London because it's been nine years since I worked in a very big unit where they see three and a half thousand patients a month. Um, and and when we were working, there were when I was working there, there were fifteen hand therapists. There are now thirty-five hand therapists in this unit, three and a half thousand patients. So I thought I need to go back because in private practice in Johannesburg, I'm not seeing those numbers. And I thought I need to update myself and I need to learn. And I had this intuitive feeling that I needed to be there. But I also had a feeling that we needed to sell our home. So I went to my husband. I said, we need to do two things. We need to sell our home because I need to release the equity that's in our house. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. And I need to go to London. And he said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to get a job (laughs) back in my old job. And he said, what about our eight-year-old son? I said, he's going to come with and I'm going to ask my mom to come over and um, look after him while we work. Uh, will I work and then you can come over and work from London and work remotely. Anyway, I phoned my old boss and she said, absolutely, we'd love to have you back. And so we packed up and I managed to get two amazing therapists to cover the practice and in Johannesburg. And I arrived in London and on my very first day, I arrived there thinking, okay, I need to learn. And Fiona Sanford came to me and said, Robin, please, will you teach us? how to cast the stiff hand because we have so many stiff hands. You know, and if you think about it, every single hand injured patient is at risk of becoming stiff. So every single patient we treat, we either need to prevent the stiffness or resolve the stiffness. And so I began working with these therapists and I didn't have time to teach them the theory. So I only taught them how to cast and we casted 45 hands in three weeks. Oh, my goodness. It was amazing because I didn't get that in a year in South Africa. So uh, we were just casting. There was plastic parrots everywhere, and we were getting amazing results. But what happened was, was that when I left, the therapist lost confidence that they stopped casting. And the reason for that was because they didn't understand the theory And so it was then that I decided that I needed to develop an online course um, for hand therapists and hence needing the equity from our home. (laughs)
1: So that's where it all came from. I love your story and your passion and how you were able to just pick up and move so you could get the volume of patients to basically prove to yourself that it really worked because you were able to see so many more patients that you could see the results. And with that, then you could pretty much go anywhere. Once you really saw it in action over and over and over again, that would give you the confidence that it was repeatable and worked on a regular basis to back up a little for some of our listeners that might not know this technique. Would you do a very short intro to what you are saying? The SIMS, they might not know the acronym and share just a little bit about the idea because you're saying casting and I think some people might be listening thinking how counterintuitive we're casting a stiff hand did I miss something did they break it what's going on so I think just a tiny slide back on that would be extremely helpful for the listeners absolutely
0: so yes it's the casting motion to mobilize stiffness technique or sims which was developed by Judy Colditz by accident about 25 years ago. She had a patient with a distal radius fracture who developed chronic finger stiffness. And one day she thought to herself, after months of trying to resolve the stiffness, well, what if I block everything the patient has in terms of movement and only give them what they don't have? Let's see what happens. And so she used plaster of Paris and she immobilized the wrist And she immobilized the MCP joints in neutral, which is something that we never do. Uh, We were told never to immobilize um, any joint. And she put a, a hood over the top of the fingers and she thought, let me see. And in four days, the patient could make a fist. And she hadn't been able to achieve that in four months. And so then she set out to scientifically prove what was going on? Why? Why was this? Tech, why did it work? And um, and then she developed the, the the Sims the Sims course, and you basically selectively immobilizing proximal joints in order to direct motion distally to the joints that need to move. But it's a lot more complex, obviously because you're working according to movement patterns that the patient is presenting with, and so you've got to design your cast according to the movement pattern. And the reason why we use Plasto Paris is because there is no material quite like it. It conforms intimately to the hand. um, You're padding the, 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 the arm underneath the cast, so it's very warm, so it provides a neutral warmth. It resolves edema because you are using a pseudo massage and stimulating the superficial lymphatics and um, it's just the most brilliant um, technique and it uses active motion only and that's the key there's no passive um, joint motion at all and you're engaging the brain
1: amazing so
0: what would you say then based on
1: that is the most common mistakes clinicians make when treating stiff hands
0: Yes, there are a few. I think um, the tendency towards mobilising the joints passively, um, there is absolutely no cognitive involvement from the patient's perspective when you when you do that. Um, it's, it's a natural tendency, but it's it's the wrong tendency. Um, so I think pa- so therapists will either apply traditional therapy or therapeutic techniques for too long without changing their um, their technique to the Sins technique if they're trained. Um, with, so they should be applying it sooner rather than later. They're often too aggressive with the hand. Um, they will damage the lymphatic system. And they actually just keep the patient in the um, inf- inflammatory stage of the wound healing. Um, and they also don't apply the concept of active redirection so you are wanting to mobilize joints in both directions not just one direction and by positioning joints in the right way you can do that so yeah those would
1: be the common mistakes that they make i can totally understand why they would make that since that's the typical training that therapists have received, stiff, make it move, but unfortunately, increasing that motion by doing too much stress on the joints, causing an inflammatory response, and then wondering why we're still stiff. So the technique that you've implemented eliminates that from the opportunity of overstressing and overpushing joints, because you take that out of the equation by utilizing active motion in your brain to facilitate motion. So it's a completely different strategy and makes wonderful sense. So therapists need to learn about this, which is why you have created some wonderful resources that are only recently available and only available from you. And you have a couple things that you're offering to our listeners, including a wonderful, brilliant discount code, which is going to be on our show notes so that they can actually listen to your courses. And it's an interactive course with all kinds of, instructions and incitements that they're going to do because they're participating in learning the technique with you directly and they're going to be able to get 25% off this course by being our listeners and also you have a free webinar that's going to be available very shortly which will also give them to links to that and thank you so much for creating those resources for people because this is just revolutionary And I know you've been doing it for a long time, but only a small sect of the population can learn about it because you're only one and Judy's only one and the people teaching it are, it's small. There's not that many people teaching this material, are there? Yes, and Judy's um, actually retiring now, so she won't be going around
0: um, doing the course. And exactly that. I wanted to have a global impact with the stiff hand. My passion is to heal stiff hands around the world. And the way that I can do that is through therapists. And exactly, therapists are... um, all over and a lot of remote. I've had a lot of patients fly from Ghana and from Dubai to come for therapy. And they are now my advocates when they go back and they're getting their therapists to to hopefully do the course. So the course is online. It's on um, a very dynamic platform, which um, involves the latest of technology. It also addresses adult learning. Um, I think that we can be very overwhelmed by theory. And if you look at the research on adult learning, it's not about knowing reams and reams and reams of information. You want to understand key concepts. And if you can grasp those key concepts, you want to use them to apply it to your patients in, in a safe way. And so, The way that I've designed the course is that it actually starts out very unintimidating, um, very short videos. You don't want to sit and listen for 25 minutes to 45 minutes to an hour. You will fall asleep. So some videos are three minutes, five minutes, maximum 10 minutes um, videos and lessons. Um, Then with additional reading that you need to do. And you are tested throughout the course um, with very – fun Q&As, um, which again reinforce and embed knowledge. So we're not there to trick you. I'm actually asking questions that I want you to remember. So you have the benefit of 40 um, lessons which really go through all the theory and then more lengthy practical videos so you watch me fabricating the costs on patients and i give a lot of tips um during those videos and i share all my all my clinical pills with you during those videos Um, and then the the it's it's a course that qualifies you to treat the stiff hand because you need to be trained in the technique. I have had many therapists who've read my articles online who then tried to apply the technique, who've emailed me and said, I've made a huge mess. I've done this, I've done that. And it's it's a tremendous patients. So there's definitely a need for therapists to, to learn, learn in their own time, learn without needing to travel to another country. Um, to book hotels and to spend the time. It also eliminates the fact that in some units where you say want to adopt the whole technique and approach to all of your patients in your unit, you can't send 30 or 35 or even 10 therapists all to a course for four days. So this way, every single therapist can do the course um, in their own time, and they have to apply the technique to a patient, and then they will upload the videos and pictures um, of them casting the patient onto the platform for me to, to look at and qualify them. So it's a practical qualification. Um, and then I'm off the, the one thing that's very important to me is the mentorship because a lot of the time you can go on a course and Understand it or feel confident at the time, but you get back to your practice, and now you're sitting with a patient, and you're thinking, oh, which cast design, which movement pattern am I looking at? So, so my my what I'm offering is I'm offering um, the learning, which is in a structured on a structured platform, as well as the follow-up and mentoring. Um, and hopefully by doing that and having that one-on-one connection with therapists around the world, we can then have a huge impact um, with the patients that need to have their um, hand
1: stiffness resolved. I love it. As you know, I'm a huge fan of online learning because we as Exploring Hand Therapy have over 250 online courses And the cool part about online learning is being able to watch it, rewind it, and replay it. And as you mentioned, the users find it amazing because they can revisit difficult concepts over and over again. And when you go to a live course and you see it once, it's fabulous and you're ready to rule the world. And then you get home and you're like, ah, can somebody show me that again? So I am thrilled that you've created this content to change stiff hands across the world and I am looking forward to diving into the curriculum myself and learning from you is there anything else I didn't ask you in this podcast that you'd like to share um, sure no I
0: just um, thank you so much for for the exposure and um for interviewing me and kind of presenting me um as a person as well as a therapist um, as well as the marketing for the course. I'm very, very grateful. And also for your mentorship, I've been following you for some time. Um, but other than that, just to say that I'm, you know, I'm excited um, to be a part of the community and look forward to therapists connecting with me and they can attend my free webinar, um, which will be in two weeks time and we should be doing those quite regularly. And so they can click on the link and um, submit their details and register for that. Uh, and if they have any other in, um, questions that they might ask or want to know, I can send them more information if they just contact me through the email.
1: Everyone that's listening that wants those, in, that, those links, I will be sending them out to you. Just email info at handtherapy.com. That's info. I-N-F-O at handtherapy.com. And we'll also have the links in our show notes. And thank you again, Robin. We really appreciate it. We'll see you online. Thank you so much, see.
0: Thank you for listening to Hand Therapy Heroes. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Visit handtherapy.com and register for our newsletter containing free content and courses about our fascinating hands. Hold hands today for a more functional tomorrow.